three, two, one. This is the Insiders Podcast. Just because science comes out now and in this day and age, that's what we rely on to be factual. It doesn't take away from the fact that cannabis and mushrooms on every level has been used for millions of years on planet Earth. So it's kind of fucking ridiculous to think that, oh, well, now it should be taken serious because we got some facts. Well, no, because you know what? It's the people with the experience and the history that's been passed down that actually understand the plant. Hi Canada Magazine founder Cy Williams and Ontario editor Tammy Stanhope join me to talk about the magazine and new editorial trails being blazed by the team, no pun intended, and their thoughts on the culture in general. Want to know who the people of High Canada Magazine are behind the scenes? Well, here you go. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. I thought the magazine was based out of uh, Toronto. It is a national magazine. Um, we were based out of Toronto for a number of years, but um, uh, our Ontario editor, Tammy Stanhope, had Ontario going so well that I uh, two years ago I felt it was time to establish a, a heavier British Columbia presence okay. instead of just flying out there every six weeks. Uh, so we were based in Toronto, uh, but we, we, we are a national magazine, uh, coast to coast, so we really try to get out there. I, I don't actually think we have a, a one central headquarters anymore. Yeah, we've all gone digital. So yeah, there's yeah. reps in every province. You know, we have a team. You know, uh, people like uh, Tammy runs Ontario. I, I have British Columbia. Um, uh, Miranda has Alberta. Works like that. You have editors in all the different regions of Canada, like coast to coast to coast. Contributors, uh, very few editors. Uh, Tammy's been with the magazine for a number of years. Yeah. And, and she's, uh, Ontario is not an easy, um, an easy beast to stay on top of. And Hamilton in particular, we had an infamous Lee hard time uh, keeping reps until uh, until Tammy and I crossed paths. And Tammy has been uh, like the stronghold in Ontario for us based out of Hamilton. Cool. So guys, why a magazine? What's the story? And are you a little bit crazy in this day and age? Well, six years ago, we noticed a vacuum. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, after the Treating Yourself Expo uh, disappeared and their magazine, um, the, the fellow Marco who ran all that, uh, mm -hmm. he wasn't around anymore and it left a vacuum. No one could, people were interested in cannabis culture, but no one could find a copy of uh, Cannabis Culture to Save Their Life. Yeah. And we really saw, I started seeing this vacuum. I'd come out of a fine arts uh, um, background. Uh, I ran an arts collective in Kensington Market for a number of years. And I started to see the the rise of uh, of dispensers in Toronto. Uh, this, this was about six or seven years, six or seven years ago, and I really noted that there was um, there was a there was this void for void of information. There was this vacuum. Yeah. And I, you know, nature abhors the vacuum, so we created uh, our first magazine, Rolling Stone, and we ran that as an in-your-face, uh, no holds barred, no permission asked uh, magazine. We did ten issues of that, and we built our distribution through the the new dispensary market in Toronto. Um, Vancouver, Calgary, and then slowly branched out. And then we saw the writing on the wall. Um, and in 2015, we decided to uh, start a more compliant magazine, perhaps, you know, start asking permission a little more often. And you're really trying to be a, a proper magazine. And yeah, we yeah. started High Canada, like, um, what is it? This is a this issue that we're, that's coming out this month is issue sixty. Holy sixty. Shit. So that that represents five years of consecutive uh, issues. Every month an issue comes out. We haven't missed a month. We may have been late once or twice, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> 
Blood, sweat, but, and tears. Uh, this is a very special issue for us because it represents five years of High Canada Magazine, uh, which has given birth to uh, many other uh, ventures as well, including our sister magazine, High Europe Magazine, okay, and our upcoming Psychedelic Canada magazines. Oh. Um, so it's been um, it's been a wild ride, and it's just been getting better. We may be crazy, but there's still a market. Yeah, 100%. And I think that uh, you're right, there was a bit of a vacuum. I know that you're close to uh, Ted Smith um, uh, out of the Victoria Cannabis Buyers Club, and, and he had a publication for a long time, and he told me that... Oh, he's a, what a lovely man he yeah, is, and what, awesome what a guy. fight he has fought and continues to fight to this day. Yeah, oh, I hear that, man. Um, that was one of the most memorable interviews I've had, but one of the things he told me was that the distribution part of the magazine was probably his favorite part. And I think at the time, though, he was literally going going in uh, in person and delivering to shops in different places. And and he said just the networking and all that. But it's a different world for you now, I suppose, right? Everything's gone it by is, mail. Well, um, as of uh, April, we, we became a digital-only magazine, which okay. um, it's been interesting. Um, we, we're, we're itchy to get back to print, and we'll be, bringing, um, we'll be bringing the Psychedelic Canada magazine to print. And High Canada magazine, it's been growing. Uh, we have over 270,000 subscribers. Um, we've grown a lot since we've gone digital, and uh, it's a free digital to download. You know, we act like a hub within the industry. So um, I, I think High Canada Magazine will probably remain digital for the time being. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, there will be a brand new print magazine coming out in January. You guys are taking on the psychedelic world. It seems to be like the trendy thing these days. It was almost like we fought for legalization for so long. And, and then once we got it in, in the current form that it is, and that's a whole nother conversation. But it was like immediately everyone said magic mushrooms, right? And they started moving into the psychedelic uh, world. And I would think, I mean, I. I've done a podcast now for three years, and that's a lot of work. So a magazine you know, is like way harder, I'm sure. So to, at this stage, to jump into psychedelics too, how do you guys handle that? There's, you know, you mentioned magic mushrooms, and that's just one of one course. part of yeah. a multifaceted. Uh, there's ibogaine, there's MDMA, um, the ketamine trials. Uh, see. Um, so many, uh, and we've been covering psych the, the emergence of uh, psychedelic culture um, alongside uh, within the pages of uh, High Canada Magazine for what the last two years. Yeah, yeah. it's not a, it's not that difficult of a transition because we already filter that stuff for the past five years. Yeah, yeah. it's true. A part of the like, culture, it's always I guess. Been right? a part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. So we've always known it had healing properties and medicinal properties, but. Everybody still viewed it like you just wanted to eat a handful of mushrooms and trip out. <laughs> well, you know, the same thing can be said for weed. I mean, I've, I've bought weed for years and years and years, and now all of a sudden everybody's an expert on what strain and, and oh, you know, God. what to have for what and this and that. And and I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with the science because I think it actually enhances the experience if it's true, of course. And I think with mushrooms too, now we're starting to go, hey, you don't have to take five grams and watch Lord of the Rings. You can actually microdose it. You can, you know, you can take a bit and there's different kinds of mushrooms you know before i would get a bag of mushrooms i didn't know what they were if they're golden teachers or blue meanies or whatever i didn't know what they were and now i'm like okay i'm more conscious of which mushrooms and how much i'm taking and i think that that progression is healthy though you know absolutely and that was um that was born uh, uh side by side with um with the the uh, the cbd uh culture and cannabis culture as we got better at dosing and figuring out ways uh the body metabolizes and we started getting more research which inspired more psychedelic research yeah 
So um, I, I'm sure the site news, this burgeoning psychedelic industry has a lot to say thank you to, to the, uh, to the cannabis industry. Right. Oh, I think so for sure. Opening a lot of minds and uh, getting a lot of people motivated to now push for more, of course. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have to ask you. I'm, I'm sure you agree that, that drugs in general shouldn't be illegal, and that's the problem in the first place. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny. Just in Vancouver recently, they've decriminalized simple possession, which, um, you know, High Canada Magazine, we work on the front lines as well, running cannabis substitution programs uh, in cities like Surrey, Langley, and Toronto, um, and in the Maritimes. Uh, different groups of people who have been involved with the magazine have taken up this mantle. And we don't do it as... You know, hats off to Neil Magnuson and uh, the cannabis substitution program that they run in Vancouver. Uh, I, that is a hell of a job, and I, I think they're angels and saints for doing it. Yeah, We tackle the smaller cities, and um, th there's a real problem out there in the world right now, and we feel we can help address it. Do you think that with, with cannabis and uh, your magazine, I mean— I guess there is a parallel between cannabis as a drug and psychedelics as drugs. And if you have two uh, independent magazines published at the same time, do you think at some point they might intersect? Or do you think it's important to have a cannabis-specific magazine for cannabis culture, cannabis information? Oh, you nailed it on the head. I personally think it's very important uh, that cannabis has its own voice, that CBD, uh, cannabis and CBD culture have its own voice. If, if we start mixing in psychedelics, which is, there are so many topics, we will just filter, to filter it'll, it'll dilute the message that we've mm -hmm. been trying to build with High Canada all these years. Yeah. Um, we've been breaking that stigma. You know, when we started, it was very much illegal. Uh, we worked with black market dispensaries for the first two years of our existence uh, with High Canada, and we successfully had uh, transitioned over um, after legalization. So we only have auxiliary uh, companies and no black market advertising. But we're still very uh, aware of the culture and report on it frequently, uh, almost every issue. And uh, it's the culture that is important uh, to people the most, I think. I think if you don't cover legacy and the uh, culture, and you could say old school, new school, um, if you're just new school, then I think you're going to lose a lot of readers who, in many ways, there's a pushback against legalization and this sort of new school business culture and all that, if you know what I mean. I'd love to tell you about a little bit of pushback I've experienced recently with sure, the Psychedelic man. Magazine. Um, and it was because of High Canada, Canada Magazine. Um, they didn't feel that some of the, 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 the people we've been approaching uh, some of the larger groups, uh, they they they're they're terrified that uh, psychedelics are going to be looked at like cannabis, and uh, we experienced a lot of pushback that they don't want it to, uh, a lot of people don't want it to be like High Canada. They they want it to be scientific and medical, and they right. they don't want it there to be a culture. They want it to be very clinical. Um, and whereas um, I I can attest and Tammy can as well, there is a huge psychedelic community, a culture, and it's adjacent to the cannabis and CBD culture that we have. Is it because, though, that the science wasn't there? I mean, so inevitably the culture had to exist. And now if there's research being done and there's actual like legal products that are, you know, Health Canada approved, say we want about that, is, is it not as inevitable to have the same type of culture anymore, the underground sort of element of it? Does that make sense? Yes and no. I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't because we may not have had specific science behind what we already knew for the last hundreds of years doesn't mean that we didn't know. Yeah, no, true. So just because science comes out now and in this day and age, that's what we rely on to be factual. 
it doesn't take away from the fact that cannabis and mushrooms on every level has been used for millions of years on planet Earth. So it's kind of fucking ridiculous to think that, oh, well, now it should be taken serious because we got some facts. Well, no, because you know what? It's the people with the experience and the history that's been passed down that actually understand the plant, understand the mushrooms, understand how to work with it. Tribes in freaking forests that have never seen people in their life Mm -hmm. know how to... Do they have science? Do they have a science? No. So did Health Canada approve their shit? No. Yeah, yeah. I can't accept that. Yeah, it's weird, the whole intervention of government into uh, drug culture and, and drug use. Because on the one hand, I just wish that the legal market would be more like the legacy market that I was used to. I mean, the products still are better. They're more affordable. Distribution was there. Everything was pretty much fine with it, except for it was considered illegal, right? Um, and yeah. I wonder, you know, this whole Health Canada intervention, I think, and, and laws, I think the only reason why governments and people who are not really users of these products think it's so important is so that people don't overdose. And by that, I mean, like, say, take too many mushrooms and drive and when you're really tripping out or, or you know, uh, consume 100 milligrams of, of some edible when you actually aren't much of a user in the first place. Because there, there are there are levels to things. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but also very factually, yeah. it's like, show me, and not in the last two years, because I don't trust the shit that they have reported. Mm. But there has never been an a an overdose of mushrooms or cannabis ever yeah, on yeah. planet Earth. Yeah. There is never you will never catch somebody who ate a thousand milligram cereal bar go for a wild <laughs> ride in their car. You're, okay? They're lucky if they can get off their Fuck. couch. So, so <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the logic behind all of it. There is none. Again, I think it just comes down to like um large dose and how people react to it. Because yeah, you're not gonna die. But I mean, I remember I, I wrote this on Twitter this morning. I bulbed my eyes out one time. I did like five or six grams of mushrooms and I was just on the brink of going into a divorce and it was on my mind. And you know how it, mushrooms in particular, you kind of carry your, your feelings and your emotions into your into your experience, right? Yes. And if you're super sad and you take a bunch of mushrooms, you'll probably cry or you'll be introspective and it can bother you. And I used to always say to my wife, because she's a lover, but she's a little high strung. And I, I used to always say, I don't think you should ever try mushrooms. I don't think that you're the right person for the job. You know, I, I think you're wrong for it. I think you might get really freaked out. And then I realized, no, I think what you need to do is try little doses and get accustomed to it and then kind of right. walk into it. And, 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 you know, going back to what we say about science and all that, um, maybe it's the people I talk to, but now I understand dose. A dose is so crucial, right? And they say anything at the wrong dose can kill you. But I never had a concept of dose before at least people started talking more about it. And I don't know if that was the science and the research or if that was just the people I talk to these days that are just more mindful of dose. And dose is going to become a lot more important with the other psychedelics as well. Like, for instance, yeah. uh, ibogaine, which um, is a hallucinogenic that restores you to a pre-addictive state. And it's being used by a lot of treatment centers for opiate addiction uh, with a tremendous success model. Uh, but at the same time, there is that slight chance that if you have a heart condition that uh, you need a defibrillator on site and a doctor's supervision. So, you know, uh, the biggest thing that 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 side of the industry is facing right now is that for generations, there have been these sleazy shaman who meet people in hotel rooms around the world, uh, drop the ibogaine off and leave. Yeah, yeah. Leading to like, uh, you know, a very, a lot of stigma Mm -hmm. uh, and the need for proper dosage. So, 
I think we're going to be seeing that a lot with MDMA and ketamine and not just magic mushrooms. And really, I believe that magic mushrooms are the tip of the iceberg with what's coming down the line. Yeah. Then it will disrupt uh, worldwide health industries. I, I would agree with you 100%, in particular for psychological ailments, I think, too. Absolutely. Mental health, trauma, uh, addiction. Like There's a full spectrum of mental health issues that I've been reading yeah. studies on that uh, psychedelics are being designed to treat. Yeah. And to me, that's amazing. Yeah, well, and again, I don't do heroin, but I'm fully conscious of the fact that whenever someone does heroin and overdoses, it's because they've taken the wrong dose. And That's if it right. was streamlined and they had access to it in a safe way, uh, and it's not to say that everybody should do heroin, but if you happen to do heroin or if you have an addiction to it, but you have a clean source of it and you know that the dose is safe, um, then that problem's kind of just gone all of a sudden. Clean dose uh, is a big problem. Um, I mentioned earlier we run cannabis substitution programs in, yeah. in some cities in BC, and we've lost so many to overdose because there is no clean supply anymore. I'm sure. The borders are shut. The uh, the the import export of the, the illicit drugs has been has been shut down, and there is pretty much only fentanyl. Like I was hearing stories yeah. about people uh, uh, being sold pig dewormer and fentanyl <laughs> what? as a heroin, uh, and being told it was heroin. Jeez. And it's like literally, people uh, every time check check week rolls around, there's going to be five or six overdoses, and Jeez. there have been more overdoses in our groups that uh, like that I that I care to even consider. I, I never thought I would see it uh, where it would be this bad in Canada, mm -hmm. but it, but it is. Yeah, we talk a lot about COVID and the number of deaths that we're having, and it's it's terrible. But uh, there are so many deaths due to overdose of uh, narcotics, and we're not even really looking at that at this point right now. You know, it's crazy. Or releasing tons of money to people who who didn't have any supports, uh, who are already struggling with drug addiction, wasn't probably the smartest thing our federal government could have done. Yeah, for sure. So you guys flipped from paper to digital, at least for this year. And my guess is COVID probably played a bit of a role in that. Um, as a, far as a, your a writing, large role. yeah, large role. As far as the writing and the you know topics of your articles and everything, has COVID played a big, I guess, role in the content that you guys are publishing? A little. Uh, initially, in March and April and May, we did a few stories on how uh, mental health and COVID and what things you could do. But we 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 tried to remain optimistic and we uh, you're, you're never going to pick up or download an issue of high canada magazine and find it full of uh news and information about the covid you can right. find that on any other major news source that's not really what we're about mm -hmm. we'll address it and the impact it's having on our community and uh, uh for instance uh, a few issues ago we we went over our our list of 20 cannabis companies that went bankrupt this year thanks to corona more coming down the pipe i think we, we had 50 oh, yeah. But we actually pared it down. Ah, <laughs> nice. You summarized it. <laughs> we did. So I guess in a way, maybe maybe legitimate's the wrong word, but you said that you're trying to concentrate on the legal cannabis market in a lot of your articles or a lot of your um, advertisements. Not the LP market, not legal producers, nor legal distributors. Uh, auxiliary market. Okay. Um, lighting, um, N2 packaging. I'd love to big, do a shout out to them. They're our uh, longtime uh, back page advertiser. 
uh, Sister CBD, Chronic Creations. We've got a bunch of great advertisers, but they're all auxiliary. None of them sell cannabis. So, yeah, that makes sense then. So they're part of the uh, community. They're part of the greater business model, but uh, you're not talking about actual LPs. Well, no, but we interview LPs. We have our list of favorites. We run stories on them all the time. We yeah. also run stories on the legacy market. And the one place you can find uh, both sides of that community over the last five years has been our magazine. We've interviewed Bruce Linton and Tommy Chong, uh, I think in the same issue. <laughs> it's multifaceted under the one umbrella. Yeah, you've got a you've got a team of people who contribute. Um, are you like a family then? Is it a business or is it well, closer than that? It's more like an arts collective. Uh, We have close moments. Uh, We're like a very dysfunctional family that manages to put a magazine out every month. We're constantly working on new content. We're following stories. I do a lot of fun stuff. Again, I'm part of that. You know, I bring a lot of the craft market to what I contribute. Entertainment. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it's all about recreation and entertainment in my way of getting it out where it's not legal. Yeah, that's cool. So that's what I do. So I, I promote a lot of entertainment. I do a lot of, um, I get invited into, you know, grows into places that a lot of people aren't allowed to go to, but it's because I'm going for like the heart and soul of why these people are doing this. You know what I mean? So, and we can, we can see that in each other. So a lot of us, like we might not be a tight knit team family type thing in the magazine, but that's only because we're culturally interested in different things Mm -hmm. and we bring different things. So I'm not into the same area as like another, um, like the assistant editor. We we do two different things. I'm interested in a whole group of people that maybe they're not interested in, which Uh makes us that much more diverse, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we hang out together or cross paths on the regular because I'm interested in a whole different group of people. Yeah. You know, so my target and my focus and where I'm going is completely different to where Sai's going or where Miranda's going. Yeah. But I'm definitely on the entertainment side. You've got that element of diversification. Right. You said you would be looking at going back to print at some point. So what is the future hold for you guys now that you I guess you have the three publications? Right now we have the two publications, mm-hmm. High Canada Magazine and High Europe Magazine. Um, High Canada is a monthly, High Europe is a quarterly. Okay. Uh, we're gear- gearing up for the launch of our High, uh, we're launching three at the same time, uh, Psychedelic Canada Magazine, Psychedelic America Magazine, and Psychedelic Europe Magazine. Wow. Next year sometime we will be launching Hemp China, which is very exciting. Oh, um, Hemp China Magazine. And we, we're working with the Chinese government right now to obtain our publication number mm-hmm. and we should have that in a couple of weeks we've been on that for about six months now we're very excited high canada will remain we are going to switch to bi-monthly mm-hmm. as of the, this next issue oh wow so that'll allow us to uh not burn out and make sure we get all of our magazines out on a regular basis i was gonna say you guys are hitting it hard hey that we the future are looks bright. Well, since march um a lot, of, a lot of planning and getting ready and we wanted to be ready for uh and really do things um properly in the this stage and then the following stage, the reopening. Mm-hmm. So we're ho- hope we're doing it right. So far, it seems like we are. It's nice that you guys are at least um, being leaders here and doing this because, like you said, there was a vacuum before. There's a need for it. You guys are filling that need for a lot of people who depend on the information you guys provide. Um, it's nice to get to know you guys because I've been conscious of the magazine and of you, Cy, for a long time. So uh, it's just a pleasure to talk to you. You too, Michael. Thank you. You too. Have a great night. Thanks to Sai and Tammy for graciously talking about what they do and where they're going. Find them online, highcanada.net.
net or at High Canada Magazine on Instagram and beyond. Hey, if you have an unreal story that you'd like to tell, reach out to me, Michael at distinctmedia.ca. And if you're listening for the first time and you like what you hear, hit subscribe. And if you're really feeling crazy, leave me a review. Thanks so much and happy holidays, guys. Thank you for listening to the Insiders Podcast. We do our very best to be as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a topic interests you, we're happy to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. To find out more about Insiders Podcast and all of the work that we do, check out distinctmedia.ca.